You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. My time is yours. I was the last My man standing. I am the man, and the man feels no pressure. You are facing a fuel-injected suicide machine. Fear from the man that rules the world. You are now entering the vicious circle. Man, welcome to the vicious circle, Sid, buddy. How you doing? Good, Rob. How you doing, man? Oh, I I always get excited for these because it's fun to chat with you and and get questions from the fans and the topics. I I love the topics. Yeah, me too. Now, you have got something you want to try. Yeah. Right? What are you talking about? Uh, what we're going to try to do for the next couple months? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd come up with an idea and I pitched it to Rob, everyone, and um, we're beating it around a little bit. We're thinking about, first of all, doing a, a show off the vicious circle and just talk about, because I've never voted. I've just started following, following politics the last four years once Trump got elected. Um, I like to call things. Uh, people that know me know that I've called two years ago that Trump will not get reelected because he's overexposed. I'll leave it right there for right now. Uh, <clears throat> but there's a lot of stuff going on right now, like the pandemic, which I think we'll talk about later. I think it's finally starting to level out just a little bit. Um, we got the election. We got um, um, Joe Biden's uh, vice president who he's uh, talking about, who he's thrown into the race. We will talk about her a little bit, Miss Harris. Um, and just talk about a few things like that. Um, you know, not all in one night. Climate change a little bit. What do people think about that? We want to ask people their opinions. And then you guys send us questions through uh, uh, Facebook, Vicious Circle. Uh, we also would like to have guests on like we had last week, Maggie, who um, just roughly... You know, she's sort of a, not sort of, she's a Trump supporter. She takes the pandemic side of religion that she's going to trust God's going to help her through this. Um, we always welcome the other side too. people that, you know, might not be a Trump supporter or uh, is a Trump supporter or, or doesn't like Joe Biden or or has a uh, something they want to talk about. Climate change is that's, that's really climate change is one of the topics I like to talk the most about because. Um, for a lot of reasons we won't go into right now, but, um, so any of these topics, and then we're going to end it with wrestling at the end, uh, and see what, just see where our world is right now in between now and November, it's not going to hurt any of us to do this. And if, um, and it's not, we're not going to, but we, we're, we're going to wait and see if we start the other show, we're just going to see how it takes off, off the vicious circle first, because, uh, my fans are the most important people to me. And I want to hear what they have to say. I think it's cool that you want to get your fans involved, not just in wrestling, but also in culture and current events. You know, well, well Rob, this is something, you know, there's um, for sure. Some of my fans are younger than we are, you and I. And if this to say is the topic about climate change. Now, 
know, I haven't, we haven't heard a lot about climate change this year because of the pandemic, but that's still going on and it's still not looking good. So, but if, if, um, and I said this, Rob, I think I told people a couple of years ago, I said, maybe in my lifetime that we'll see something through climate change, it'll everyone will remember. And the verdict's out right now, everyone too. And this, everybody's going to say this is a conspiracy, but this whole pandemic is somewhat, they're saying, indirectly connected to climate change. And that's where the bats came from. And that was Brazil and Australia, where those fires were because of climate change and those bats were stressed out. And that's what started the animal to human transmission. Now, we're not going to go into all that right now, but we've got supposedly the U.S. has scientists on the ground now looking into that. And they had already, that's what they were finding before they were asked to leave China. But uh, but again, uh, climate change is real, everyone. Um, and I do believe in that. So uh, we will talk about that as well a little bit. I'd love to have anyone's input on that as well. Well, Sterling just clipped in. He goes, I'd love for you guys to start a new show doing that. And this is this is it. This is our testing ground. We're going to see how it kind of flies. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, anyone that has something to say or wants to join in or has a really cool topic to talk about, please join us. Absolutely. And like I said, not just here or sorry, like Sid said, not just here in the in the chat. But if you get a hold of us, we can get you on here and you can debate with us as well. Sure. We. I mean, we're up to criticism and tell us where we're wrong. We're only you know, we're, we're human. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sterling uh, chimed in a second time. By the way, Sid, do you actually live in Arkansas? Yes, I do live in Arkansas. I live in Marion, just right across the river from Memphis, Tennessee. Of course, you can tell with this wind-blown hair, I've been out of my Bronco today. We almost had like an unusual Arkansas summer day, man. It was like 80 degrees, a nice breeze. Shoot, oh, I got nice. me, me and my bulldog went out my Bronco, took a big glass of fruit juice, and um, – had a great time today. Listen to some good music. Uh, here, William's going to start it off. He's He's got both going, though. He says, I'm voting Trump 2020. We'll come back to that. All the way. Wrestling question. Did you see that someone was waiting on Sonia Deville in her home with intentions of kidnapping her? She's a former MMA fighter. I did not hear that. What is the rest of that? It says, I. Um, I am voting Trump 2020 all the way. Wrestling question. No, it says that to I. I wonder, oh, I wonder if consider. he considered that. Either way, he's an arse. Oh, oh, if he considered he's trying to kidnap an MMA person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, that's a, I, ha, I have not heard that story. I'm a big MMA fan. But I'll tell you a true story. A friend of mine named um, Matt, I uh, can't remember his last name. He worked at French Review, a real quiet guy. Um, you know, I always giving him crap in the morning about, turn the TV down, man. I'm trying to work out. You know, uh, I didn't knew what he did, you know, for a hobby. So one day he comes to me real quietly and says, um, Sid, uh, I'm fighting for the heavyweight championship tonight up at the New Daisy. Uh, would you uh, would you be nice enough to come referee my fight? And I went, yeah. So I went down, um, saw what a monster he is. I never yelled at him again in the gym. But this is what happened that night was he walked out to the his vehicle to get his clean clothes. And there was someone there breaking into his vehicle. He grabbed him, held him to the cops came. Now, there's two stories with Matt. He was at French Riviera where he worked at, and a guy came in there, tried to rob the place, and he held the guy to the cops. And what he was doing now, I wasn't there either time. He was holding the guy and choking the guy out. And the guy would come back to him before the cops got there. He'd do it again. 
They say he did it so many times the guy crapped his pants. <laughs> so I, I suppose I don't think I would break into an MMA guy mm. person's uh, house or car. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, here is a question from Kevin Adams, which is interesting. Do you guys feel that all the things going on with the virus is due to someone's political game? You know, I think it. I think it's being done for political gain on both sides, everyone. Um, the Democrats are definitely using it, uh, saying that you know, the Republicans aren't taking it serious. There are a lot of Republicans taking it serious. Just, just, just remember that. Um, and a lot of independents, too. And I do consider myself a Republican, just never voted. Now, I like people like Teddy Roosevelt, like Abraham Lincoln. That's what I was watching tonight about the Civil War. Uh, I even like Johnson a little bit, what he did for civil rights, Kennedy, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But no, um, I do think it's somewhat political on both sides. Um, this is what I think about the virus. If we go back to the beginning of the virus and both sides, um, Anthony Fauci, who I really uh, respect out of all this the most still at this moment. Uh, we had Donald Trump saying, and a lot of people saying, well, it's just going to run its course. And then, you know, and, and then you had Fauci, you had the Democrats, you know, throwing up this big smoke screen like, hey, man, stay in, blah, blah, blah. CNN News is just check out Blackout Bernie. And they'll tell you everything you want to know about CNN News. Anyway, but they all sort of said the same thing in a different way. Um, you know, Trump and some people like this said, you know, it's just going to run its course. And, um, and before you know it, it'll, be, it'll go away. Well, in a weird way, that's sort of the truth. Now, at, at this point we're at today, everyone, um, even the Democrats and now Tony Fauci uh, and the experts are saying, okay, this is what we know, that this virus is going to be 50 to 70% effective. Only 30 to 50% of people are going to take the vaccine, uh, uh, the vaccine. So it really is going to have to sort of run its course and go away somewhat on its own. Unfortunately, what it's really going to amount to, um, for me, myself, in the very beginning of this, when they said mask, I, you know, I said, that's simple. My uncle's a virus expert in the AIDS, in the, in the AIDS world down in Florida. He said, wear a mask and wash your hands. And uh, now they're saying, wear a mask. They're, it's all over every state. It's a simple thing to do. Um, and then we won't get anything. So it's really going to be up to the people to stop this. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, in, independents, left wing, right wing, whatever. Let's just all do our job, people. And, and really, if you don't wear a mask, just social distance. You know, I have a hard time wearing a mask, too. I'm claustrophobic. Um, but no, I think it is being used on both sides politically. And I, I believe from everything I've heard is really is going to have to run its course. Uh, we're going to have to line up, take the vaccine. And then even then, we don't know. Well, and I saw one post. It was yesterday. You and I haven't had a chance to talk about this. I saw one post that said, OK, so this vaccine is going to make us immune, just like the flu vaccine makes us immune. Right. And that's when it's like, no, 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 this is not going to be a cure all. This is going to help our immunity. It's not going to protect us. And I think it's getting lost a lot. You know, people are thinking, oh, once we take the, the vaccine, we're going to be immune. Right. No, this is uh, I saw Fauci on PBS. And I, I told you, Rob, I've been watching PBS News a lot lately because they're really in the middle. Uh, Fauci gets a really long time to talk on there. He likes the the lady who's the uh, anchor there. I can't remember her name right now, but he really likes her. He talks for a long time on there. And you tell he's not really 
being his hands aren't being held and he's not being held back as much there. But he's 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 still he walks that fine line of being not want to aggravate Trump and telling the truth at the same time. But what I'm still hearing is that it's going to have to run its course, meaning we're going to have to get people will take the vaccine. They'll slow it down and the people won't take it. Take the vaccine. What is this? I was talking to my uncle today about that herd deal. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, herd immunity. Right. Now, how does that really work? To, to what I believe I know is the more people that get it, the more the right. virus is passed around that builds up the person's immunity. Right. That's what I was getting to. That's exactly what I thought my uncle Bill said. So herd immunity or the vaccine. So both sides are, you know, but what, what shocks me is that people are just, no, I'm not taking that vaccine. I'm going to hold on this. What? Yeah. You know, I'm going to be the first in line to take that thing, man. <laughs> That's just it. I'm going to do anything I can to help, you know, wear a mask. Sure. Vaccine. Sure. Right. Got it. Whatever I can do to help. Right. Stay at home a little more often. I'm still, man, it's paid off for me. I've lost last time I weighed 52 pounds. Um, and I know these last couple of weeks out other than the fruit juice, you know, and the, overabundance of cottage cheese and tomatoes <laughs> and cucumbers and that zesty Italian dressing. I mean, I've got hooked on that, man. I've noticed that. Yes. I noticed that. Um, one of the things that we talked about, and I'm going to, I'm going to put it up here now is I think the numbers get lost sometimes on people, you know, like right now, if you go 5 million cases in the U S okay, well, that's great. What was it last month? You know, you don't see that, that change. Right. So I, I showed you this, and here's what I did. For one month, I tracked it. And it's between U.S. and Canada just because, well, you're U.S., I'm Canada, right? Right. So July 19th, I ended today. July 19th, there was 3,618,000 cases in the U.S., 108,000 in Canada. By the time it was all said and done, there's 5,500,000 cases. So... In one month, the U.S. has 1.9 million cases in one month. Right. Canada See, had, go ahead, Rob. Well, just Canada had 13,000. This is what, again, I think proves what I just said, that uh, people aren't worried about this enough to stop it. So we are gonna, we're going to fix this through vaccine and, and herd immunity. Yep. Um, people just aren't caring. Like, I'm going to predict this. I don't know how big of a deal it'll be. A couple of months ago, it would have been a bigger deal. But that thing at Sturgis, we're going to see some spikes across places after that thing, too. Yeah. Um, now, the one thing I did on here, and I showed you, this column right here counts the number of deaths that day. Right. Okay. And when we get down near the bottom, like you said, right here, I think it was Wednesday, there was 1,500. Then Thursday was 13. Friday, 12, 11, like the number is starting to right. drop, but it's because you got to wear the mask, you know, you right. got to. Well, know. all these places that were really uh, spiking out, Texas, Florida, Arizona, Arizona, man, they've really grabbed themselves and put themselves in a lot better position. Mm -hmm. uh, but man, those places were, you know, they're bringing out refrigerated trucks to put the dead bodies in. That's, that was scary. At the beginning. That's like a movie, man. It's a movie, horror movie. Now, and, and one thing we should get off right off the bat, too, because people are Trump uh, putting in here Trump 2020 and Biden 2020, which is good because, you know, everybody's got their freedom to do that. Right. I, know, I know I'm not American, but I believe in that democratic process. Right. 
when you do it on here, guys, let's just chat nice because we both know it can get vicious. Not yeah, not to steal yeah. your name. <laughs> no, no. This is the thing: is we want to make this a friendly engagement, guys. I, first of all, I, I've told everyone I've really taken a cram course in the last few years on politics. I've been, you know, sort of lean, you know, pushed or educated towards you know, the Democratic side a little bit. I do know a little bit about the Republican side a little bit. Um, but we're not here to, you know, have people throw in names and say stupid stuff. We're just here to throw out a topic that talk about and see what people think what's going on. Like right now, one of the things me and Rob talked about today is that one thing scares me a little bit about the president race right now is that I've never heard um, a situation like this where the, uh, like someone like Joe Biden's coming in and he's saying that front, first of all, I might not make it for four years. Um, let's vote someone that's going to you know, take over my place. And then um, also, um, I'm not sure I'm going to go for two terms. I mean, I've never heard of that, you know. Um, to me, that scares me with my bet I have with uh, Maggie. I'm like, man, you're, <laughs> you could just don't, you know, like some things you hear, uh, again, just don't say that. <laughs> You know, don't give anyone a reason to say, man, I don't know if I trust this guy now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Here's one that's interesting. Uh, Tyrell writes, did you know that Joe Biden started laws like the crime bill that made harder sentences on people that smoke marijuana? And Kamala Harris locked up a lot of people who smoke weed. And she was asked if she smoked before and she laughed. And now she wants to legalize it. I think she's corrupt. Now, I just have to, I don't think that makes you corrupt because there are laws and there were laws then. Don't do it. And if you do it, that's against the law. Well, this is the thing is, um, no one, everyone knows there's not a bigger pot smoker than myself. Um, I like the idea that we have this and I'm a, I've got my marijuana card, marijuana card here for Arkansas. Um, I think that you had better marijuana when it wasn't legalized. Uh, they're just running cheap stuff through the thing right now. Um, but I think that has to be legalized. There's just so, uh, so many upsides to it. Uh, I talked to, couple of people in the last couple of months now that I know are going through really, really serious pain management programs that are really backing off their pain management because of the uh, marijuana and the CBD oil and stuff like that. So we, we've got to get that legalized. We can't. Um, I hope that anyone, Republican or Democrat, didn't take a stance on something that uh, just you're taking a stance just because that's where your party believes when you really know it's a, it's, it's, it, it could really help people. Yeah. And help the help the, so many of the tax it is but so much in they pay so much in taxes, you know. Um, do what I, I say to that? Welcome to Canada. Welcome <laughs> to Canada, exactly. It's man. Legal up here. Yep. Uh let me see. What else did we have here? Sterling added. So okay, Sid, so you're a Republican. So would you still vote for Trump though? What's your opinion about him? This is the thing about Trump is um He's just goofy, man. You know, it's just, I love watching him. I love watching him give the reporters a hard time. That's my favorite thing about Trump. I laugh about that. And you're not supposed to be laughing with people. You're supposed to be laughing with them. So that's sort of one deal right there. The other, only other thing about him is that he, um, one is he's overexposed. And I've told everybody that so many times. And he just can't make a simple decision. You know, to me, everyone, if you look at your history, great presidents like Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, um, um, uh, Abraham Lincoln, um, you know, people had to make serious decisions. They didn't beat around the bush. Teddy Roosevelt, for sure, you know, where no one 
he he preserved more national parks and, and acres in this world than all other presidents combined. Republican wouldn't do that today. And this is what bothers me, too, that Trump has put his name in the same sentence with Teddy Roosevelt and says that he wants to put his fa- face on Mount Rushmore. That's why we got to get him out of there. This guy <laughs> might get that done, man. There is good. Tyrell asked one more question. Uh, do you think Trump has been a great president so far? I think he's been a pretty good president as far as this part. And I, I can't uh, disagree. You know, I've never seen gas prices so low. Everybody, everybody is really doing well. Um, um, so yeah, he's done some, you know, pretty good stuff. Uh, you really can't say that he hasn't, you know? So uh, again, even this pandemic thing hadn't happened, you know, came around, he would have, uh, you know, still, I think he would have still put himself in position to lose this race. Like Warren Buffett said, this is what I'm trying to get to. Warren Buffett was interviewed right before the election. And they said, what do you think about Donald Trump? He said, I think Donald Trump is the worst businessman I've ever met in my life. And he's laughing about it. He said, but if he's elected president, it won't change the price of my underwear 30 cents one way or the other. And I think it really amounts to that. Gas prices are only 30 cents one way or the other. Uh, Other things are only 30 cents one way or the other. So that's sort of true in that aspect. And what really comes out to me more than anything about Donald Trump is what a poor businessman he is. Let's just bring up the, the the story about the mask. Hey, man, if you got your 40% you say you got, and they're hard Trump fans, you don't have to worry about offending them by going, you know, to get those undecided voters. But I say, hey, man, Surgeon General, all our experts saying, hey, put this mask on. You know what I mean? And leave it at that. Don't go, well, I don't think it's too good for me. Again, if you're a good businessman, don't say that. Some things yeah. left better not said. So he just can't help himself, and he continues to do that all the time. And I think uh, and not comparing him in any way, shape, or form to Tim Tebow, but even Tim Tebow, he was hated because he did so good all the time, and he was such a good person. Even good people can be overexposed. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's really was his downfall, that not wanting to play any position other than quarterback. You know, But he still was a good person. Uh, but in Donald Trump's position, he's not really a great person. He's uh, uh, funny, again, like I say. I like listening to him. But he just does some crazy stuff. That you All you got to do is go, man, all right, you don't have to say that, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, and again, being Canadian, I, I literally have no dog in this fight. But um, I think he has done some amazing things. Like whether you agree with the, uh, the assault in Iran or Iraq to get rid of Baghdadi, like that was a, a, a good mark. Yeah. So, I think the biggest downfall that I've seen in him is the divisiveness that he causes in your country. Right. You know, any kind of president that I've seen, that I've watched speeches and all that, they keep trying to bring people together, but he's got nicknames for everybody. Right. He can't stop. He can't stop the the China virus. You know, just stop that. He actually went the other day, he goes, uh, the COVID, he went, oh, uh yeah, it's got many names. The China virus. <laughs> he he accidentally said COVID. He could have stopped right there, but he couldn't do that. Yeah. No, but I will say this, and I'm not saying this to be against Donald Trump or anything like that. But when he was elected, and I use this story, and I tell everybody the same story. I used to go to Waffle House in the morning about four o'clock <clears throat> before I'd go to the gym in the mornings. So I'd try to be there at five. So I stopped there every not every morning, but you know during the winter, two or three times a week. I'm trying to bulk up a little bit. And um, 
I knew the same women in there all the time. They're black ladies. And I just going to give them a buck or two just to play some music on the jukebox. One to, uh, I'm only in there 15, 20 minutes, and there's usually at four in the morning, some drunk in there at Waffle House. So, again, they all know me. We're all good friends. You know, for years I go to this place. And so as soon as Trump gets elected, I go in there, and I can't get them to come over and take my order. And uh, I thought, you know, wow, hold on a minute. You no. Know, you know, I said something to the manager, and he goes, oh, these girls are, some. this one girl's in school, and she didn't want to do anything, and this other girl I went, well, hey, man, I, I said, man, I've been coming in for years. I, I just, I won't come back. So uh, I ended up going to an awful Waffle House, sort of same thing. And then I started thinking about it. After Trump got elected, it really divided our country, where I thought for up to this point, I thought race racism was getting a, a lot better. Um now, I, I think right now racism has gotten a lot better f- for the wrong reason, but we're seeing a different light on things a lot of people are. Yeah. You know, where, I, where I had questions about things before, I don't have the same, I don't have questions anymore. It's like, whoa, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Um, now, there's some things that aren't wrong, uh, like the protests and the riots going on. You know, like Rob, you know, I told you I just started watching Fox News recently. Man, I didn't know all this was going on. I mean, the, the protests and riots, that's got to stop. Yeah, I, I, we did talk about that. We thought half of them were over. No, they're worse than they were. Uh, let me see. I'm just looking something up real quick because it's very interesting that he put this in. Uh, Kevin said, uh, there it is. Oh, come on. Come back. I heard they even had spitting contests in Sturgis. Oh, my Lord. If that's true, I don't doubt that. And that's just it. I'm just trying to see if there's anything and there's no news articles that come up. So we can't we can't confirm that. But if, but if that yeah, does go you on, think yeah. they would they they probably would do that. Now that that thing there now is just you know they're I saw every time CNN was doing an interview there with people, there was be some fat old man walking around with with a cane. I'm going, that guy doesn't need coronavirus. Exactly. You know, big fat guy walking in there drinking beer. No, go home. Here's one from Sergio. Uh, five or six major corporations own the major media outlets. I found out that's very true. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I wonder when everyone, if they get a chance to check out on Viceland, there was a show they did. It was called The Bernie Blackout. And after seeing that, I was shocked at what a news station could do to people. Uh, it really shows where they blackballed him out and put Joe Biden in. Uh, I think, um, of course, I think Trump said it. He'd rather go against Biden than Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders would have had a better chance of winning. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree there, too. Um, TJ put in here, Trump is great. People just, oh, sorry. Trump is great. People just need to leave him alone and let him do his job. I don't think that's how democracy works though. No, I, I do think you do have to back off someone, let him do the job until, till now he's been like, as far as doing, if all this is true, where he worked that big deal with China and, and getting us more money. You know, those are the things we don't know what's really happening. We hear that those things are happening. Then, when somebody puts their own spin on it, well, it really wasn't that big of a deal. You know, again, like Warren Buffett said, our underwear is only going to be 30 cents one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting question, too. Sterling said, uh, exactly, Sid. I agree. Trump is funny, but no way he deserves to get reelected. 
How do you feel about him meeting with the postmaster and now mailboxes are being taken and he doesn't want mail-in voting? Sounds like he wants his Russian buddies to hack the election for him again. This is the thing as I feel about the whole uh, 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 mail-in voting and uh, voting at, po- at the at the polling stations and all that stuff at the voting stations. I think if we look back on we've heard some discrepancy about all forms of voting. You know, uh, Maggie told me that uh, her dead father, her dead father-in-law is still getting voting or something like that. And we hear those cases all the time. I hear, of, you know, it's been several elections ago, and I can't remember what election it was, but we heard of some of those booths not operating properly. Yeah. You know, so it, it goes both ways. Um, I do think when we do things like that, it does appear that we're maybe already setting up to be a sore loser or putting doubt or something like that. That Be like going to a fight and go, you know, I'm really not sure I'm going to win. You know, um, so I want everybody to like me when I get beat up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to lose any of my friends over this deal. I'm about to get beat up. You know, I watched a uh, one news article again, and this was on CNN, but it was it still is interesting because it was Jake Tapper talking to, and I can't remember the name of the gentleman he was speaking with, but uh, they were talking about the uh, the mail in voting, and. Yeah, they were talking about the mail-in voting, and he goes, how can you be against it? And he, he changed the story just a hair. And if this is the actual story behind the president, I, I, I kind of wonder if I might agree. He goes, they're not opposed to mail-in ba- ballots, okay? They're not opposed to the, va- the voting that way. Goes, when you do absentee voting, you send in a request, they send you the ballot, and then you send it back. What they're opposed to is people just being randomly sent out stuff that then they wait for to come back. And I can kind of see the point there. If you're just randomly sending stuff out, you don't know if your addresses are right. You don't know. I think there's so, there's there's a chance for error. But if if that's the story, I kind of get it. Well, you know what I might do if I was Trump right now, after hearing all this, I think I might go hire AJ Hintz, or it was the it's the ex uh, coach for that Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. He's an expert on cheating. Get him <laughs> in your corner. And cheat your way all the way. I always say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> well, and see, with this whole vote, voting thing, this is the one thing I don't understand. To me, if he, him in his position, and he knows there's going to be this issue, he should be focusing all of his, you know, help towards the mailing process. Right. You know, instead of taking it away. That's what makes me question it. Oh, me too. And I think that's the biggest thing with him. You're left questioning so many things that it puts doubt in your heads. I know that's what puts doubt in my heads. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do is, is put doubt there where people don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like they said when George Bush beat Al Gore that, you know, the vote was he, – he got beat. You know, of course, I like George Bush. Uh, I think he's pretty cool. I, th- I like his dad a lot too. He's like – this guy might be interesting to speak with. TJ, the COVID-19 is fake news. I don't think it will. That's what I believe. I'm not sure what I don't think it will means, but it's right. interesting to think that he thinks COVID-19 is fake. Well, um, yeah, it's interesting. I just, you know, I, I think we're, we're all trying to figure out something here to make this make sense to us. Yeah. 
That's exactly you know, what, you know what I mean, Rob? And I don't think there's a bad way to think about it. You know, I, I don't believe that. Uh, I wish that was true. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I'm not that I'm not going to drop my guard right now and not take the uh, correct measures, but I feel a little safer about it now than I did, Rob, when this first started. Remember, you and I were, you know, we weren't, in, we were really scared to leave the house. I mean, I, I still haven't gone out to a restaurant. Yeah, me either. You know, I, I just don't, um, even knowing right now, I mean, right now, I think what I know now is it gives me reason not to drop my guard because, again, this it's up to us not to get this virus. Um, mm-hmm. No one else really cares. You know, that's it. And that's the reason for the mask, too. Like, when you wear the mask, you're not protecting yourself. You're no. protecting other people from you. Right. And when they wear a mask, they're protecting you. Right. That's the big thing. Uh, here's one from Kevin. If you did enter the political arena, what's something you'd aim to change? Man, I've always been for the little person. Again, I go back to Teddy Roosevelt. He's the one to try to make a level playing field for everyone. Uh, that's why people like Carnegie and J.P. Morgan and Rockefellers, they don't want to see him be president because uh, when he did, he stopped all those people from monopolizing everything and you know made the worker get a little bit better payday. Uh, he's the first one that uh, uh, issued firearms to all the police officers in the United States. They didn't have firearms up to that point. He did a lot of cool stuff. So um, I don't know. I'd, I'd want to work on things to where we're sure that these these parks and land are preserved. Um, I'd probably work, work on the issue of climate change. I don't know if I would really want to run for office. I'd rather put my time into something where I can make a big difference, um, spearheading something like that. Well, here's an interesting thing, and I love it. Uh, Wills asked, if Sid ran for president, would Spivey be his VP? No, I guess, guys, I'd have to take Rob as my VP. Me? Oh, yeah. I'm- Oh, dude, no! You're better off with Spivey. He, I think he could influence more political decisions than I. I could. take I take Spivey as my defense, uh, my uh, defense defense secretary, secretary. <laughs> okay, defense. there we go. That's a fitting one. Uh, Sterling mentioned here: uh, racism is back at an all time high. The only difference is black people won't stand for being beaten like they did in the '60s. No, I think it is. Go ahead, Rob. Well, I was just gonna say I agree, but I disagree. I don't think it's back at an all time high. I think it's no. always been there. No, you're right, Rob. It's always been there. It's just I think it went through, like I said, till this, till Trump got elected. And I'm not blaming him for this, and it happens on both sides. Uh, white people were automatically uh, a racist because we were white all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And we aren't all racist, um, but no, I thought it was cooling off, and then when that happened. And then now all this this pandemic really with the George George Floyd thing really just spiked stuff. You know, everybody's ready to get outside and do something. This gave us a reason, gave us a reason to do it across the whole country. And it looks like it the protests went all around the globe over this thing. Um but no, um no. It did. Uh yeah, I know because even in my area where we have licks to nothing, we had rallies for it. Right. You but know. this is the thing is, it was time to put a stop to this. You know, um, I again, I feel um, 
stupid not knowing. I knew it was bad. Like you said, Rob, I knew it's here, but we didn't realize how bad. Doing it. I saw that one kid, Ahmad Aubrey, whatever, being run down in the neighborhood, shot out of the back of a truck like a friggin' wild animal in Africa. I said, no, man, this is crazy. Uh, now, the thing is, George Floyd, I'm not here to cast doubt, but we know he had drugs in the system. I, I, I know that that knee on the neck is dangerous. I would think it would take both sides to, you know, if, what I know about choking people. I would feel scared if I held both sides that long. I wouldn't think that that would cause death. And I'm not taking up for that officer at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he did, ex- res- you know, we got to think about this, everyone. We can't resist because that's what's getting us in trouble. Um, yeah. Just, you know, if we do run across a bad cop, say, for instance, just don't resist. You know, I learned that as a kid. I got in a lot of trouble myself. I've, you know the stories, Rob. And yeah. I learned real quick. Just say, all right, I'm in the wrong, even if I don't think I'm in the wrong. And things usually work out a little bit better. The only problem I see with that is if you're in that position where he was on the ground and can't breathe, you know, and you're you, you can't breathe, your body starts to react where you start to struggle to get breath. Right. You now seem like you're resisting. But no, yeah, no, no. Right. But it started. This is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm just going. I'm just going by what we hear, Rob. And yeah. I know a few police officers. They're taught when they see that. You know, that's what I'm saying. When everything's calm, they're calm. But as soon as you do that, just that jerk or, you know, hey, say a, you can say the wrong thing, react the wrong thing. And then they go, they've been taught, okay, now it's time to step it up and let's put the force in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like that poor guy that got shot at the Wendy's in Atlanta. Everything was cool till he took off running and shot that taser back. Yeah. I see. You know I'm I mean? still trying to find more information on that too. Well, I, you see it on the video. That's the thing is, you just don't do that. You know. Now, this is what they say, and I can understand this too. And you do, the officers. This is what I'll, I'll say this in a second. But um, you can't say that he he wasn't in the wrong. He was a had a on probation or something. But this is what I feel about officers. Everyone, we all take that. If we take that job. And we're putting on a bulletproof vest. I'd like to see that officer not take a shot, but either have a shot fired or hear that gun react or be sure it's pointing. This you almost have to. I hate saying that, but that's your job. You're not out there to shoot innocent people. Yeah. Uh, you almost have to take one for the team. And it's sort of funny, but it's not. But you just can't, you know, uh, I heard a story the other day of some poor black kid got shot in the back, his backyard with a camera in his hand or a really? cell phone. Yeah, it's just um, you got to, again, that taser, he had, he wasn't shot. There was no uh, gun, uh, no a gun that could hurt you in his hand. That taser could, yeah, it could hurt. But um, right now there's two cops. There's one guy running. Um, he did sort of initiate the fight, you know. Uh, and that, again, we can't do that. That's going to put us in a bad spot. Uh, remember I told you, that, Rob, the story where I gave those couple of cops a hard time. It was over with. They had me hogtied, and they beat me so bad that I couldn't move for two or three days. Now, after that, I stopped resisting. 
I'm not kidding, man. That worked. Yes. It worked, man. Because a lot of times after that, I they let me go sometimes because I wasn't, you know, most time I wasn't drinking. Um, and I, I okay, well, you're not drinking. You can go home. Go home. Just don't come back around. You know, again, just don't resist, man. I know it's hard. Um, it gets tricky too when you have because uh, there are people out there that have that uh, the love of power instinct and right. that's not a job they should have but right. some do so they take advantage of that spot and i think those are the ones that put the black light on the rest you right ah uh, here's that here's a great sentence covid is about as fake as professional wrestling that couldn't be said as well because we both know it is not fake no, it's it's not fake. And this is the thing: is it's 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 real. Is it as scary as um, typhoid fever, yellow fever, something like that? Probably not. Um, but it is contagious. This is the big difference between COVID and where everybody's got this misconception about being the same as the flu. The flu's mortality rate is only one percent right now. COVID, I think, is at between five and seven percent. That's a big percent of people dying. And, and flu does not send hundreds and thousands of people into ventilators. Okay. The sicknesses are a whole lot worse. So, but we, we don't even want a good, uh, a small case of this because they're, they're proving right now that the, the lung disease, the brain disease, the uh, heart disease that comes after COVID could be worse than COVID in the beginning. Well, that's the thing with the brand new virus, you don't know the after effects. You don't know the after effects, Rob. We don't know if this thing's not, of course, that, you know, Fauci said on PBS the other night, this will not be eradicated. Um, just can't do it. You know, so we've got to learn how to live with this. Mm-hmm. And how we're going to live with this is um, through the vaccine and um, the hurting deal. Um, and let those people hurt on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting out there hurting with them. Uh, James says they say Kamala died of COVID-19. And that's that is true. He did. I I heard that uh, that he did die. Of that you know. Yeah. And he was definitely a um, a person that was a uh, for sure could have not done well with that. He was overweight. He was black, and he had diabetes. Where I know he lost one, maybe both legs. Yeah, that he was definitely the at risk target. You know, underlying conditions. Yes. So let me see. Is there any? Um, any more questions on that? I don't see any here. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we've reached the end of those ones. Oh, wait a second. No, I think we are on that one. But those were some great questions. Yeah, they were. Really good, everyone. Everyone had some good questions tonight. Now, real quick, let's talk about wrestling for a second. I saw some wrestling over the weekend and uh, this past Wednesday or last Wednesday. Elite wrestling is sort of coming to around to what I remember, Rob. I told you they they really had all these great things in the beginning, but I thought their worst enemy were, was would be themselves. And I think this virus thing is hurting them a little bit too, but I noticed the last couple of weeks watching them that they're they're starting to make too many mistakes. Um, their interviews aren't as good as they were, or uh, they. But then they'll have some really good matches that'll follow up for things like that. 
um, I, I watch the WWE. The one thing I really like about their deal is they've got this new format of filming um, that really exaggerates. Have you seen it, Rob? I've seen some of it. I have not been able to watch the whole show. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, I don't know. It's like sh- the people are shaking or something. Yeah, it's it's you know the found footage style. Is that what it is? That's what it fe- feels like to me. Okay, well that's you know that's being you know using your brain. Think of a another way to make it look cool, and by doing that, you know you sort of do th- forget about the people a little bit. And then uh, they were doing that, and then they brought out that uh, <laughs> that was the fat guy Otis. Um, they had a pretty good match. Um, I think up to that, you no, know, right before that, and then they brought that Otis guy out there. And I don't care all the fancy film work you could put on that guy; that was just horrible. Uh, they got to realize, they got to figure out what to put on there and what not to put on there. That's well, and they've been doing that for well since I think they became global. You know, it's they're trying to find what the public wants, and as soon as that—that's the the catchy thing, though. As soon as the public gets something they want they change their mind right you know you have to keep current i guess no you do Rob. fresh that's it uh here's one from kyle uh can't wait to get an autograph uh we get to my autograph my stuff for you from you in a few weeks and that's right that's coming up right in a month now september 19th right that'll be on virtual asylum uh it's a saturday i remember that um but yeah virtual asylum on facebook check that out because you can buy uh a ticket to get in there and have sid sign some stuff for you and i think that's fine that's the biggest thing i've seen like in an email and stuff is you know where can i get a picture signed so i've been telling them all about virtual asylum virtual asylum yes let's see here i'm going back up anymore because uh there was a lot of wrestling stuff that came in and then it changed which i thought was great people actually yeah got into the topic uh let me see here oh there's the arkansas question and this is a good question too because in our in our episodes we got right up to where you're coming back to the wwf for the second time Mm -hmm. so someone asked when is the 95 to 97 being covered we can get on top of that anytime yeah we'll do that on our next podcast you got it uh let me see we might do it on here next week yeah that'd be cool Actually, technically, our next podcast will be our one-year anniversary. Really? Yep. It'll be episode 52. Wow, man. That flew by. That did fly by, man. I would have not said this has been a year. Darn it. Where did it go? I saw it. Okay. I apologize to whoever posted it, but... Oh, here we go. It was Larry. What was your creepiest fan encounter? You know, I didn't have, I really can't think of one myself. I I remember the free, uh, creepiest fan encounter I had was, I forget what airport it was. It might have been Cincinnati or something, but I was at the baggage, baggage claim with um, um, Bret Hart. And this lady had been stalking him. And man, when she came down to that baggage claim, she didn't say anything. But I got the feeling I was fixing to get shot. Um you can tell he was scared. She was creeping out. Uh, and, I mean, we weren't even standing that close together, me and him. But I thought she could, she was looking at me, too. Like, I was thinking, and he told me, he goes, man, this girl's been, this lady's been following me around. I was thinking, oh, my God, you know. 
That would be scary. But see, right. when I saw the question, I kind of likened it to the MMA people. Like, do people really think they're going to sneak up on you? Right. <laughs> like, no, not a rational person. Uh, here's one from Lauren Carpenter. Uh, hi, Sid. How do you think your WWE career would have gone if you had been there in the boom of 98 when wrestling became a national obsession again? Well, I was in the business at the same time at 98. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I would have fit in anywhere at any time in the business. Um, and that would have been a good time because you had more people that were over at the time instead of just like one person carrying the territory. So it would have been a lot of fun. I'm not sure how it would have been any different than any other time. Cool. Uh, oh, Dean, our buddy Dean here. Uh, Sid, have you heard of the Isle of Man TT super bike races? It's the most prestigious road race in the world and the most dangerous. If you haven't, then definitely look them up. P.S. I'll send you and Rob some souvenirs and merchandise. I like this guy. <laughs> well, Dean, how you doing? How's your kid doing? Um, actually, I won that race last year. See? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been in it. Man, a prestigious bike race? Yeah, well, I actually did it. I, I raced that race, Rob, as a midget wearing a hood. And uh, and because of the short legs, and I came in tremendous shape, and I took the, the, the bullying I got being a midget as an inspiration. And also the race was all downhill. Um, I just closed my eyes and went for it. Well, and see, that helps, you know, press too. They don't start snapping pictures of you. You know, right. you, you right. don't take right. away from the race. That's, I right. think that's brilliant, actually. That's where you do it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, da -da -da -da. I've been trying to go through these as fast as I can, but uh, unfortunately. Okay, here's a good one. Uh, who was your favorite person to ever tag up with? From Dan Griggs. Man, I had some good ones. Um, I had a good time tagging with Vader. Um, we both had the same finish, and that was when, you know, it was a lot of fun in WCW. So uh, probably Vader had a lot of fun tagging with him because I knew where we were going with that, you know. So, uh, and he was, uh, again, a workhorse, and he was a lot of fun to be with in the ring. Here's a good one, too. Did you ever wrestle against Ron Simmons and Butch Reed in WCW? You know what? I don't think I – not in a, say, just a heads-up tag team match. I think we got incorporated where we had some run-ins against each other where – I think it was like the four of us going against the road the road warriors and, and the Steiners because they were working with the Steiners a lot uh, right at that time. So no, we never had any matches uh, against each other. Interesting. And uh, John Smith said Brett wrote about that incident. And apparently, there's that mm -hmm. book, and he wrote about that. Oh, I'm sure he had a bunch of stories to tell about that. Uh, Tyrell says, do you think you could have went to the w or, uh, UFC and become successful like Brock Lesnar and Ken Shamrock? Yeah, I, honestly, I think I could have. <clears throat> um, first of all, I always picked up on things really good, like wrestling and stuff like that. I already had a background in boxing. I was a good athlete. Um, two, you look at most of those 
UFC's careers, they're only two or three fights and their career's over. So I could have done as well as Brock coming there part-time, you know, and done something like that. If I could have had the time to do it full-time, I probably could have done something really big. Like, could have been – you just never know. Um, I'm so goal-oriented. Uh, if I would have – if I would have had just a little bit of amateur collegiate wrestling background, I know I would have done really well. Oh, I don't doubt that. But see, uh, too, when you were in wrestling and the UFC was alive, it was a much different animal than it was now. Oh, yeah, exactly. I can think back when Tank Abbott was in it. <laughs> this is the thing is, and I'm not d taking anything away from those guys, but people like Tank Abbott and Kim Shamrock, um, they were – just average fighters. You know, Ken Shamrock got beat up by Jerry Sags, one of the Nasty Boys one time. Um, so they weren't, you know, again, you know, they, Ken Shamrock went to Japan for one of those half-shooting companies where they weren't shooting all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, not that he's not tough. Don't get me wrong. Um, by no means. But uh, nothing like today's UFC fighters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Tyra followed up. I think I believe you would have been great. Thank you, Tyrell. I, I I agree, with Tyrell, because like since I've known you, when you get your goal, that is your goal, and you right. don't stop to get to that goal. Right. So yeah, I, I definitely believe. Um, here's one from. Oops, a second, I'll come back to you, Sterling. Jacob, he says, "Did you wrestle the Road Warriors or the Steiner Brothers in WCW?" Yeah, I wrestled both of those tag teams a hundred times, or maybe a thousand times. Um, the thing about the Road Warriors, um, they weren't good wrestlers, okay? Uh, they had that intro. Like, a lot of people have these really great intros. If you can't follow up that intro, it's a really hard night most of the time. And this is one of the things is, is you know, I, one of the things that was happening at that, at that time. I'm going to be honest. I still was learning the business. And I didn't know to be a giver to make a good match. I'm trying to stand my ground. Danny's trying to stand his ground. They're trying to stand their ground. Nobody's selling for anyone, right? And so it made for bad matches. Now, us against the Steiners, we had some pretty good matches. Uh, you know, you got those two guys, again, are workhorses. Um, and they did, you know, they knew what to do as baby faces, you know. So we had some pretty good matches against those guys. Excellent. Uh, Sterling said, this is the one I clicked on earlier. Uh, Sid, also, did you watch the Undertaker last ride doc on WWE? And what did you think about him retiring? Did you see the Boneyard match? And what did you think about Vince crying about Undertaker on the dock saying everybody left and he stayed? Honestly, I didn't get a chance to see that. I, I don't get the pay-per-view, so I didn't get to see any of that either. Uh, think about Mark. He had a really good career. Um, he was a professional yes man in this business. It really paid off for him. He stayed in there took the, did the grind, um, had a great career, and, you, and my hat's off to him. Uh, here's another question from Steve. Uh, it says, my son wanted me to ask you, what was your thoughts on your match with Sting at Halloween Havoc 90? This one you get asked a lot about. Well, again, that was, uh, uh, is that, is 90 is, yeah, that's the one where I didn't know the finish. Yeah. Um, and to me, guys, that was a, everything was great at that moment. Uh Wrestling was still new. It was still a lot of fun. It was just a road trip, waking up, working out, tanning, eating great foods and riding with your buddies and just talking, having fun all the time. So, and, and then that match there, I didn't know the finish. I didn't know what was happening. Um, everything was just, it was fun, fun, and more fun. 
I, I, I still remember talking to you about it the first time, and you said, if you can fool you, you can definitely fool if, the crowd. If you fool the boys, you fool the people. Yes. I'm just looking this one up, because this is interesting. Um, Ricky says, there it is, I would love to hear both of your guys' thoughts on having virtual fans at SummerSlam. I'm not sure how that would work. I'm just I'm curious what he means by virtual fans. Well, I think I have an idea what you're talking about, Ricky. Uh, if this what I'm thinking, I saw, I forget, it was a, they were trying this with, uh, they tried it with the basketball where they had uh, like screens, people's you know pictures are up on the screens. And actually Chris Paul's son was one of the virtual fans. Then they were trying this, I think on baseball or something where they were showing it where the people at home would see virtual fans, you know, um, I think, I think it would be, I think it would be cool if they could pull that off. Okay. I just found the article. That is interesting. But see, this reminds me way too much of Wally, the Disney movie where everybody just sits in chairs you know, and they broadcast themselves all over the place so they never have to get up. <laughs> right. But that would be interesting. Well, again, Ricky and everyone, this is what our world's turning to. So um, we just don't say no to anything at this point. Excellent. Uh, and here's one more from Jacob, too. Uh, he asks again, did you wrestle against Sting and Luger in WCW? Oh. Many times. Almost every night. Uh, when I went into my singles career, it was lecture Sting almost every other night. So, And both of those guys were great to work with. Uh, Sting was a little more fun to work with. Lex was, uh, Lex was Lex, but again, they were both really fun to work with. And here we go. Let's see if we can wrap up with this one. Steve says, I hated that you jobbed a Goldberg at Halloween Havoc. You can tell watching the match that you would destroy Goldberg in a shoot. Well, this is the thing is, I don't want to get into that, but uh, the business is a work. And if I could do my job, and that's to make the majority of people happy by, you know, doing what heels do, and that's put the guys over. You know, and that's what we were building to. That's what we we're hoping that we achieved, and I hope we achieved it somewhat. Uh, here's actually an interesting point. We'll bring this one up, too. Sid, I believe wrestling has fallen off the last several years. You see too much too soon in matches. You see a choke slam, a moonsault, a pedigree, and a spine buster in three minutes. You see guys that are 5'8 doing a powerbomb. I have no interest in that. You and Nash powerbombs were awesome. Vader's moonsault. The buildup yeah. to a big finish is non-existent nowadays. What is your opinion on the state of wrestling now? Well, William, just like you, you said, it's, it's all changed. Um... First of all, I go back again. What you said there, like all those high spots are done in three minutes. All these storylines, they're they're so crazy that I go back to the episode I saw on uh, South Park where uh, they were making fun of the business. And I forget what it was, WTF something wrestling. But what it was, they were Vince was also the, the, the storyline was they were creating wrestling in their backyard and and just tell you one of the stories lines lines was Cartman was a 15 year old Vietnamese prostitute to who had 25 abortions. And so uh, of course now Vince is looking for his next big star and they're, you know, he comes actually to their backyard to look at some, at some of the talent. Well, one of the boring people they had on the show on their show that night was an old wrestler, more like Bob Backlund, just to sing that doing, you know, freestyle wrestling. Well, Vince ended up hiring him. But this would uh, to get answer your 
question is this. It looks WWF or WWE looks more like the, the parodies that they were doing in South Park, these outlandish stories. Now, today it's almost gotten exactly like it. And I've said this several times. When you got people in your show that are showing themselves putting objects inside themselves across the country and these these uh, videos that go viral and you, you're, you're making that person a mainstay on your program and then your storylines going with these thing with these things just you know oh, just just make it look like it's all one part of the story it has gotten bad william it's gotten really bad and i think that's why people are turning into AEW you know even if they are making a few mistakes right now it's still a lot of fun to watch well yeah they're in their their leg stretching period like they're trying to figure themselves out right i'm so. telling you man i doesn't i even though they had a few mistakes. Uh, saw um, Hardy get color, and then um, John Moxley got colored. Not good enough. I didn't like to finish on a couple things. I didn't like to finish the other night with Chris Jericho and that uh, Orange Cassidy. I think that's who it was. Um, if you're going to put, I, and I thought for the week before that that's what was going to happen, and he would probably put that kid over. But don't do it with a silly finish like that. Let the kid beat you with his finish. I don't know. It just it, it sort of cheapened the whole deal. A great match up to that point. So, saw Chris call a couple spots outside the ring, which that's okay. I like doing that myself, So, and I was known to do that. I think when you're calling them loud like that, people sort of think, you know, hey, this is part of, the, this is part of my $15 I paid for, which there's nobody there paying their $15. But Yeah, that's true. Uh, unless you're with Vader, apparently. Remember? Right, Vader right. not like you to call spots. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, here's the last question, Dan, and I, I got to this one just because it says, Sid, please answer. Okay. You mentioned Vader. As a kid, I remember you and him as the masters of the powerbomb destroying like eight tag teams at one time. Did that actually happen? I can't find video of it. No, it did. We, I mean, through that period when we were shooting that angle with me and Vader going size up against Davey Boy and Sting, that was sort of the beginning of that whole big run there. And of course, we knew at the end it was going to be me and Vader against against each other. So, but no, we were just power bombing people and leaving them for for carnage. That would have been wicked to watch. That was man. And uh, I know I said that was the last one. We'll bring this comment up to end the show. Rocky Turner, hey guys, looking forward to having uh, you, Sid, on September nineteenth. I will be calling you soon. Rocky. Okay, Rocky. Rocky is. I'll be looking forward to talking to you as well. Yeah, Rocky's the man for virtual asylum. So everybody, if you want that picture with Sid and a chance to chit chat, get a hold, follow Virtual Asylum on Facebook, and uh, they'll set that all up. But man, yeah, this has been a blast. I like how this show flowed. Oh, it was awesome. So guys, keep it up. If you have more questions, think about them because, like Sid said, we want to do right. this, you know, a lot. And then also, if you if you if you got something you really want to come in here and talk about, get in touch with Rob. Rob will get back with you. We'll not really screen you. Just ask you a few questions. See if you're, you know, got something worth talking about. We're willing to talk about any subject that's worth talking about as long as it's, we can educate people, see a different view of something. We don't want to do the same view week to week. Um, but, again, we, we're really looking forward to having some, some people on as our guests in the next coming couple months. Absolutely. I know we've got one person in the works uh, for next week, hopefully. Right, right. Yes. 
All right. Um, I guess in that case, yeah, if you do have a topic idea or want to get on the show, info at viciouscirclepod.com. That'll get your info to us, and we'll be good to go from there. That's it. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Have a great night, a great weekend, and we'll tune right back in the same time next weekend. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udi. Co-host, J. Robert Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast was produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Media, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music, Omega Amigo, was by The Shaman. All rights to the podcast are held by Sid Udi.